Hello everyone and welcome to Cody's Car Conundrum. I'm your host, Cody Wagner. Here we'll discuss everything related to the wide world of automobiles, including culture, news, games, interviews, and events. Without further ado, let's get on with the show. Welcome everyone, although I don't know why I have to keep, <laughs> I don't know why I keep saying that, it's in the intro anyway. 151 mile Porsche 911 GT2 RS with Wasaya, or I think it's Wasaya, I, I probably got it really wrong. Pack is auctioned off. Alfa Romeo Julia and Stelvio engineers getting too hot to handle. SCA has issued two recalls for the aforementioned vehicles, which I will cover soon. GM taps former Army General to run Reborn Defense Division. Daimler's doubling down on Alabama production starts building battery plant. BMW's development chief really wants a 600 horsepower i8 based supercar. Mercedes AMG is adamant the A35 is not diluting the performance brand. I don't know why it would be, it's a hot hatch. It's performance. Bugatti is ready to expand its range, it's just a matter of deciding how. This 1972 Ford Escort RS 1600 ended up selling for a startling 90 grand. 90 grand. Renault still pondering whether it should replace the C-Neck. 1993 Alfa Romeo 155 GTA Stradale is truly unique and heading to auction. Mercedes SLC might not get a replacement and China is to blame. Cadillac's first electric vehicle reportedly coming in 20 or 2021. Porsche dealers will reimburse customers 2.5 million stolen by a former employee. Canadian Inca's superior APC slash AMEV or AMEV I suppose. 4x4 can tackle any terrain in any weather. BMW rules out pickup trucks saying there's no business case for it. No, there's no business case for a BMW pickup truck. There is a business case for pickups though. VW All Electric ID family will offer ranges between 234 plus miles. 2020 Tata Harrier SUV showcases its JLR underpinnings and goes for a swim. Next generation Skoda Octavia RS on track for hybrid version. Nissan Leaf is Europe's best-selling EV so far this year. Peugeot Citroen is open to new partnerships after return to profits. Please be SCA. Please be SCA, and I don't mean that ironically. Renault planning another all-electric model, which might be a compact SUV. Toyota RAV4 burns down, tank explodes, and almost claims firefighters. I mean, I know, I know generally we see a lot of supercars and, you know, as of a little while ago, the Jeep Wrangler, which isn't common... Anyway, getting back to what I was saying, I know a lot of, I know when it comes to cars exploding, generally it's, it's the supercars and stuff that we hear on the news, outside of the Wrangler that we saw a little while ago, but RAV4? That's a new one. Toyota recalls over 800,000 Prius and Prius V for stalling issues. Is it 800, I have to wonder if that sentence should be pluralized. Is it Toyota recalls over 800,000 pre-i and pre-iv? Is that, is that how that works? 2024 Explorer EcoBoost rockets from 0 to 60 in 5.8 seconds in police guise. Mercedes says S-Class gets an unnecessary four-door coupe makeover. Frankly, four-door coupes are almost unnecessary anyway. 2019 Ford Ranger EcoBoost claimed to have best-in-class towing prowess. 150,000 motors sign up to ditch their cars for lift alternatives. Well, that's good for some of us, but that's... Give, depending on where this 150,000 motor statistic is coming from, that might, that's easily less than 1% of their, of their population. Once again, I suppose depending on where the statistic is cited from, and what I mean by that is where 150,000 motors are ditching their cars, whether it be Denmark, Copenhagen, or whatever, which I think Copenhagen is in Denmark. 
Also got that horribly wrong. Coding error forces Subaru to crush 293 ascents. We'll give owners new replacement. The new Jaguar XJ is going to be something people will want to get into and drive, says Jag. I mean, maybe. If it's going to have autonomous tech, then I'm, I'm sure most people would rather have a chauffeur. Mercedes determined to keep developing hydrogen models alongside EVs. So we're pondering whether it should, should build a high-performance hybrid Corolla German. I'd say focus group it. See what happens. Honda admits CRV engine stalling issue, says it's working on a fix. Martin confirms AMG V8 engine for DBX crossover. Ferrari FF owner goes drifting on a slippery piece of grass. I mean, yes, the FF does technically have four-wheel drive up to fifth gear, but it's still low. It's still a Ferrari. You're still going to bottom out everywhere. Ex-Apple engineers create advanced 4D LiDAR system. Or LiDAR tech, sorry. Hmm. New LiDAR, that, hmm. I like to see how that pans out. Superformance Ford Future 40 is a mix of old and new. They basically took a 05 Ford GT and added some, you know, 2016 Ford GT Qs alongside the classic Ford GT40 Qs and just mash it all. It's kind of cool, but I do honestly believe it might just be... There might be too many Qs going on here. Elon Musk insults SEC after settlement. Calls it Short Seller Enrichment Commission. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't even know what the SEC is, but Short Seller Enrichment Program does sound like an insult. Or at the very least, it does sound mean-spirited. New BMW 3 Series G21 Touring Model might look like this, and it's a rendering, and I bet you... <laughs> I bet you a, a, a full dollar <laughs> that that's what it would look like. And I don't want to say this because it might be a little bit rude and, you know, styling subjective, but I feel that BMW styling has gotten so formulaic as of, as of late. It's kind of boring. The, the elements that they add can be interesting, like the little vent that they added right behind the front wheel in the new 3 Series, that's interesting. But the whole car, the car as a whole, eh. And then what's going on with the Peugeot or Citroen style headlights, I can't remember which, I think it's Peugeot. That, that's just, uh, I, that, does, that to me has no place on a 3 Series. It, uh, it just looks like a newer 3, it, there's nothing that interesting going on about it for me. There really isn't much interesting and that's what disappoints me. Even the, and I'd say the new Z4 is their most interesting looking model to date. That's their most interesting model right now. The 5 Series, meh. The 3 Series, definite meh. It, uh, the, okay, the thing about, the, about BMW's design language, let's say, is it, is it has a familiarity. It has, it has an identity, if you will. And that's good because people can tell, you know, people can see, oh, it's obviously a BMW, mostly from the kidney grill. Uh, you know, because from the back, that new 3 Series looks a lot like what I'd imagine Lexus would make a new IS look like. Like I said, it has an identity. It's easily identifiable, which is good. But there's a difference between being easily identifiable and commonly boring. And that's what I find BMW's design language this side of the 3 Series to be. It's not... BMW needs like a design renaissance. They need just a new era in design that still obviously looks BMW, but isn't isn't so formulaic. It's not copy and paste, but change it a little bit here so it doesn't look like you copied my homework. <sighs> anyway, Ferrari updates Formula 1 livery for the rest of the 2018 season, and I'm not good at F1 livery, so I can't tell a difference outside of the new sponsor that apparently they have on the new wing. Leaked parts diagram reveals details regarding the new Toyota Supra. It's quite a few details, actually, especially the rims, which look good. Uh, I'm kind of excited. I won't lie, I'm kind of excited, because from the... I mean... <laughs> It, it really comes down to people will see what they want to see, and it's especially that for me where I, when I'm about to say right now, some elements look a little Gen Vi Viper-ish. 
except a little bit taller. Like the, uh, at the very least, it visually looks taller from the cabin area backwards in the Viper, especially when you get to the the B the B pillar just before the quarter window. The Viper had like a pseudo quarter window, but it wasn't a quarter window. It was a it was a diff cooler. A lot of people don't know that the thing is a brake cooler inside. It's a diff cooler, but still, um, I don't know. From that area, it kind of looks a little Gen Viperish, especially when you have the rear window and it's so high up. I want. I guess I shouldn't be saying it's Gen Viperish. What I should be saying is it reminds me of certain elements on the Gen 5, but then again, that's going to happen with some cars. But the rest of it does look, you know, like it's its own vehicle. Mercedes says it won't hesitate to kill off unpopular models. Oh, GAC Mo Oh, they're GAC Motor now. GAC Motor's first European model to be most likely an electric vehicle. Study finds British motorists curse every 2.5 miles. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to hit my hand on the table. <laughs> You know what, that reminds me, I just saw a meme the other day, and it said, it said, if you don't curse while driving, you're not paying enough attention. <laughs> but this, this almost solidifies that meme. 2.5 miles. 2.5 miles. You, okay, that might as well be cursing every time you leave home and get to the first stoplight outside of your outside of of oh, oh what do they call it for lack of a better word living area and i mean you know the the neighbor right outside of your neighborhood let me say it like that 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 might as well be cursing as soon as you get out of your neighborhood and hit the first stoplight and i mean and i mean in a suburban area where that's not a long drive maybe two minutes maybe maybe a minute and 30 seconds that's hilarious wow that, wow that's incredible Aston Martin goes public on London Stock Exchange. Aston Martin's IPO saw it sell 25% of its shares. 2019 Mercedes Out... No, not Mercedes. I was about to say Mercedes Outlander. No. 2019 Mitsubishi Outlander Fev gains two new range topping grades in Britain. New limited run Mini Cooper SGT edition pays tribute to classic... 1275 GT. US designer creates a mean looking VW T6 for Carlex design. And it doesn't actually look terrible. It doesn't look terrible, and that's saying something. When disaster strikes, this beastly one off Nissan Titan will come to your rescue. Except not, because it's one off, so it's only going to be in an auto show. It's only going to be there for auto show emergencies where someone spills their coffee. <laughs> Holden's Time Attack concept was designed for the post auto show era. Apparently, it's a digital question, so it's no different than a, you know, than a Gran Turismo Vision car. Trio of recalls shows that even Mercedes-AMG has problems now and then. As if any automaker never had a recall. That's, that's one of my problems with these titles, especially when it comes to esteemed automakers. They make it out like it's rare and impossible, you know, that it's rare and highly unlikely and almost impossible for them to have a recall. Every automaker has a recall. Lamborghini, Pagani... Porsche, they all have recalls. Yet when it comes to less esteemed automakers, I'd say Kia, Kia, let's say five years ago, Ford, Chevrolet, all of FCA. Um, you know, when it comes to those automakers, maybe, maybe, maybe Hyundai. I kind of doubt that one. They, they, they have some. The first sentence is kind of snarky. Like, oh look, it has <laughs> another recall. As if automakers. As if any other automaker doesn't issue a recall. I was reading a post on Carthon and someone made a good point. Recalls aren't necessarily bad. Because it shows the automakers are fixing problems. Because what if it... Like, with Chevrolet. Chevrolet and their, uh, what was it? The Takata airbag recall. 
They knew! They knew about it and didn't issue a recall. And how is that better than knowing about the issue and issuing a recall? That's that's what I don't understand about the somewhat start. I, I get why. In some, okay. In some cases, I get why. Because in... I'd say for FCA, they kind of earned that reputation or that that uh, that snarky those snark, those snarky sentences or comments. Yes, in some cases, but it's almost every single recall. It's almost every single recall article where they get where they get some snarky comments. It's unnecessary. But Mercedes never gets a snarky comment. Porsche, if anything, there's an undertone of bewilderment about getting about having a recall issue. But anyway, back back to what he was saying and to my uh, some. And to where I drew that similarity with Chevrolet, it's better that automakers issue a recall than deny the issue and then some big scandal or some big, or then a bigger issue comes out of not issuing it in the first place. There's nothing inherently wrong with issuing a recall. Now, the scope and why the issue is being recalled, that, that's a different matter. That is a, definitely a different matter. But issuing a recall is a good thing because automakers are owning up to the mistake, whether it's of, you know, whether it's of their doing it, the parts supplier, and fixing and fi <laughs> and fixing the issue, that's good. And Mercedes issuing this recall to fix a problem is good because no one wants a faulty car, whether it's a minor issue or or a major issue. Anyway, I gotta stop here. Apparently, I've been rambling. I'll see you all after the break. Are you uninsured or underinsured? Can't afford the high premiums of health insurance? Would you like to save money on your out-of-pocket cost for dental and medical bills? If you answered yes to any of these questions, request more information at http colon slash slash www.ownyourhealthcare.com slash alternative dash healthcare dash solutions or call Dr. Taffy at 303-576-0670. Our plans are available in 42 states. Alrighty, we are back. Let's get the recalls out of the way first. Oh, look, here, here's what the first sentence says. Every automaker has to issue recalls from time to time. It's an inevitability of mass production. Thank you, they acknowledge it. And that includes Mercedes-Benz. Though these latest recalls don't just affect ordinary Benzes. These are for AMG performance models. Well, looks like they addressed what I was ranting about in the last, I don't know, last three or four minutes of the first part. Of the first, you know, before the first break. Hmm, my bad. Anyway. And not just any AMGs either. The first of these three relate to the 2018 Mercedes AMG S63 and S65, the two most potent versions of Daimler's flagship model. The recall is due to an issue with the active lane keeping assist system, which may not intervene as designed if the vehicle's veer if the vehicle veers out of its lane at speeds upwards of 60, 65 miles per hour or 105 kilometers per hour. The problem affects sedans, coupes, and convertibles, but only 375 of them in the United States. A simple software update is expected to clear it up. Smaller still is the recall for 22 examples of the 2018 Mercedes-AMG E63S sedan, whose front seats may be adjusted beyond their limits. This will require technicians to, expect the, to inspect the vehicles in question, and if the seats don't stay within their intended range, they'll either be mechanically or electronically adjusted. The German manufacturer has also, has also issued a recall for 4,702 examples of the 2018 GLC crossover, including the AMG, GLC 43, and GLC 43 Coupe, but also the more pedestrian GLC 300 and GLC 3 
G650E, but not the GLC63. Considering that's just a bunch of meaningless letters and numbers, let me say that again. The German manufacturer has also issued a recall for 4,702 4, examples of the 2018 GLC crossover, including the AMG GLC43 and GLC43 Coupe, but also the more pedestrian GLC300 and GLC350E, but not the GLC63. The problem here is a bit more unusual in that the turn signals on the LED headlight units, for some reason, may be pink or violet or violet I haven't said that word in a long time <laughs> hard it was hard for me to not say violet <laughs> instead of amber as they're supposed to be fixing it will necessitate replacing the LED module all three campaigns are set to go are set to get underway in the next month or so thus if you're fortunate enough to have one of these high-end vehicles in your driveway be on the lookout for a recall notice in your mailbox in fact just just because this one's funny let's <laughs> let's uh read this one a recent study commissioned by Hyundai found that... Now, considering that's commissioned by Hyundai, I'm, I'm almost already skeptical. But anyway, found that UK Motors can be a bit foul-mouthed after polling... Sorry, after polling... thought that there was an I, misread it. After polling 2,000 drivers about the issue. The findings show that drivers will typically swear 41 times for every 100 miles or 100 kilometers traveled while also letting out a curse word or phrase once every two and a half, since the typical motorist drives 373 miles or 600 kilometers to and from work per month, that means that they'll curse 152 times on average. What? It's been fascinating to delve into the mindset of drivers with this research. And I bet it's because most of them, and, and this is true of everyone, okay? This is true of everyone that everyone's selfish when they're driving, okay? And and they have the, and this is also true, I think, of most, maybe not everyone, but most drivers that they think everyone's out to get them. And what I mean by that is, yo, someone, they don't see that someone's using their turn signal and they think that they got over on them without using their turn signal. Like, <laughs> of course they didn't use their turn signal, the moron. Everyone does this. Everyone does this to some degree. And I'm going to be perfectly transparent here. Even my mom does, I think, even my dad does this, but I'm not in the car as much with him, so, like I said, even my mom does this, although she doesn't curse. Uh, <laughs> like, I'm like, basically all these other motors, I mean, of course we live in the US, so, I, I'd love to see what the statistic is for here, but everyone, more or less, everyone has this mentality of, you know, everyone's a moron, or the world is against them when they're driving, okay? And in some cases, when, when my mom said, of course they didn't use their turn signal, it's because it's because probably the turn signal was right on you know when a car is right on that part of the pillar or wait no no hold on I'm trying to think I'm trying to think of an instance okay this isn't driving but I think this still holds true one time we were walking and someone turned left and mom said of course you know something along the lines of of course they didn't use a turn signal and I said and I saw this and I said no they were using a turn signal we just couldn't see it from where we were because we were basically on the side where you can't see where the turn signal is on the front. You know, when, you're, when you can just see the headlight on the front of a car, but you can't see where the turn signal is because it's too far, it's too far to, uh, inward, it was like that. And, and because cars, these, or at the very least cars in America don't have that side signal, like some cars in Europe where it blinks, so we couldn't see the turn signal. I thought they were signaling though because we were, because we were behind when I saw them, and then we walked up and then they turned, and then it looked like they weren't signaling. 
the mindset I'm certain the mindset of drivers of dri most drivers is you know everyone else is more everyone else is doing something wrong this driver didn't do this or yo and, it, and like I said in some cases I really think having a less combative mindset or less um, for lack of a better word insultive mindset would be helpful because again sometimes you just can't see when someone has actually signaled because of the obscure angle that you're at that's happened every now and then but anyway let's get back onto this article it's been fascinating to delve into the mindset of drivers with this research which has been commissioned as part of the clean driving month but we're calling on all drivers to drive a little bit cleaner yeah it's sad that they're not that it's a month of this rather than a whole year of this Said hi in that UK exec, Sylvie Child. I hope I got your name right. Whether that's getting in the right mindset to keep their attitude and language clean. The right... Language... <laughs> I don't really care. I just, The attitude goes a long way. Right mindset and attitude goes a long, long way. I think that's a little bit more important. I mean, unless you have children in the car, yeah, but still. Improving their driving style, championing the benefits of alternative fuels. The study also showed that 9 out of 10 UK adults admit to cursing while behind the wheel... <laughs> However, 61% of parents said that they tend to keep their language in check when children are present. Yeah, but then they let their full sailor come out when they're going home after dropping them off at school. Inside the vehicle, in fact, child-friendly curse word substitutes include the likes of one of which I probably could say, the other I can't. In fact, I'm not even going to say the other one, but still. As for what triggers drivers most often, it's things like getting cut off for people who park over two spaces. I'm surprised park over two spaces is what gets them so irritated. I guess it's when it's busy and then people park over two spaces. Get Now, getting cut off, I completely understand. So what do you do if you want to keep your cool more often? Just take a... Have a more, I'd say, humorous attitude. Because, okay, I gotta tell you guys the story of, and I, I, I suppose I should have said this sooner. I went to High Plains again yesterday because the... The Colorado Viper Owners Club, which no Colorado, well, one Colorado Viper owner was there. Three others were from Montana, so I don't, I don't know how that quite holds, but it's, I don't know how it's the Colorado Viper Club. But anyway, so I decided I'd drag my mother and sister on because they've never uh, on for this ride because they've never been to High Plains, and apparently my mom has been as far as where the track is, which is still a boring ride. But anyway, she hasn't actually been to the track, so just getting. Getting onto I-70 East, excuse me, I-70 East was troublesome because we kept having setbacks. We were, it was early. It was early because I said, you know, let's get there by 9 so that at least we missed the driver's meeting, um, which I which I have been to a driver's meeting when I went to the first time I went to High Plains with Ignite Performance and the, a buddy of mine. But again, knowing that, that I wasn't driving anyway, it was fully unnecessary. I was like, let's just skip it. Let's just skip it. And I was hoping to get there by 845. We got there at at least just before 10 because we kept having setbacks. One, it was something with something with the house, so we turned back, and we were right. We barely got out of the neighborhood before we did a U-turn. Then we got to Einstein's, which is Caribou Coffee now, and we were supposed to get a bowl, or my sister was supposed to get a bowl because she likes schmear. She likes schmear on her bagels. I try not to have anything that fancy because I have a bagel that I like, that I prefer to the one that I got, which was a cranberry. Um, I didn't, I didn't want all the crumbs. When we get to Einstein's, we realize, or my mom realizes, you didn't bring your bowl, did you, Erica? No. We get our bagels, then we, we go to, and then we're gonna, I think we're gonna go home anyway to get the bowl, considering that we we're also gonna get a Starbucks for the ride, because it was a really cold morning, and I mean, I get hot all the time, all the time, and it was cold that morning. 
and for the most and for most of the day at high plains it was also windy but anyway so we get <laughs> we get to the nearby starbucks on on tower or near tower i should say and we're gonna get our caramel apple spices i'm yeah i think even i'm gonna get one turns out they're out of apple juice to make the caramel apple spice in the first place so just nothing um nothing really went our way that morning uh and we didn't even stop at the uh i think we were gonna go i thought we were gonna go, oh wait no we were gonna forego the starbucks we were gonna for oh wait maybe i can't remember if we either got the bowl first and then went to starbucks or if we got or if we went to get the starbucks and then the bowl i think we went to get the bowl first then we went to starbucks then we realized they didn't have the, car the apple juice for caramel apple spice so oh well so we ended up going home twice and my mom forgot something else i can't remember what it was outside of outside of my sister forgetting about the bowl but yeah and i was truth be told i did want to get there a little bit earlier so a small part of me was like oh well not as early as i wanted but i was laughing every time every time something went wrong because it was I, was I was like of course what what one of the events i really want to go to we, you know everything gets delayed everything gets delayed so to round back to the to the article I think it's really important to just not lose your head when something when a minor thing goes wrong. I get getting irritated, and I can only it. Everyone has different stimuli, for what, or has everyone gets stimulated by different things, and that includes when bad things happen. So some people can take other type. Some people can take certain situations while other people can't. But I do think it would be helpful to try and keep a more you know obviously to keep a more positive attitude, which isn't something revolutionary to say. I'd say just laugh it off. You know, just say oh well. You know, of course, that's one wrench in the plan among among many, but, you know, understand that. Try to be as optimistic as possible and understand you're still going to get to where you're going to go anyway. It's not going to be the way that you wanted it. No. But a lot of things don't go perfectly. So you got you just got to take it for what for what it is or take what happened for how it happened and just get to where you're going anyway. And getting, getting back to the article, according to consumer psychologist Patrick Fagan, I hope I got, or Fagan? I hope I got your last name right. You could try listening to peaceful music or eating some chocolate. Don't eat chocolate while you drive. Listening to peaceful music is far more, uh, I'd say, would be far more helpful. Finally, here's the complete list of the top 30 things that are most likely to make motorists lose their temper verbally. Someone cutting you up when someone nearly changes lanes into you. Yeah. When you see someone texting and driving. Yeah. When someone doesn't use their indicator. Absolutely. A pedestrian stepping into the road without looking. Just can't, can't agree with that more. When someone leaves their high beams on, probably. Someone driving too slowly in front of you. Oh, yeah, that, that's, been, that's been the case for many, many uh, online rage, road rage videos. When people... Okay, I should number these. One, someone cutting you up. Two, when someone changed lanes into you. Three, when, some, when you see someone texting and driving. Four, when someone doesn't use their indicator. Five, a pedestrian stepping into the road without looking. Six, when someone leaves their high beams on. Seven, someone driving too slowly in front of you. Eight, when people park over two spaces. Nine, when someone doesn't thank you for waiting for them. Ten, when someone stays in the middle lane of the motorway. Don't know why. Eleven, getting stuck behind a tractor. I'd, I'd add to that, getting stuck behind a tractor when you can't overtake. That's worse. Twelve, when someone beeps at you. Thirteen, when a cyclist runs a red light. Fourteen, when a lorry slowly overtakes another one, causing a tailback. Or roadblock, as my mom likes to say. 15, when you get flashed by a speed camera. 16, when you're stuck in traffic. 17, getting stuck behind a cyclist. 18, or running late. 19, being stuck in a traffic jam. So, okay, the difference between being stuck in a traffic, get, traffic jam and then getting stuck in traffic. Because traffic, I'd say getting stuck in traffic 
either it moves slowly or it's one of those pointless slowdowns. But a traffic jam is like full on back backed up, not even inching. I'd personally put that up higher. Uh, 20. When someone undertakes you on the... I don't understand what undertaking is. If someone could explain to me what undertaking is, I'd be very appreciative. 21. Someone speeding past you. 22. Getting stuck behind a lorry, probably on one of those one-lane roads where you can't overtake. 23. When someone takes too long to park. 24. When people rubberneck at traffic accidents. Oh, yeah. I've seen that. 25. One of your passengers backseat... When... When one of your passengers backseat driving, that, that sentence doesn't make any sense. Basically, when the passenger decides to backseat drive. That, I think that makes more sense. But anyway, 26, getting stuck behind a bus. 27, getting stuck behind a milk float. 28, hitting, <laughs> hitting a red light. 29, hit, having to slow down for speed bumps. I See, most of me doesn't understand that. But in the UK, I think it's, a, as far as I know, in the UK, it's actually a real problem. 30, being held up by an accident up ahead. Which one of these makes you fly off the handle most frequently? That hasn't happened to me yet. And if it does, I probably still won't curse, but if, if it does happen, I probably have a dash cam, and I'd probably apologize for it, but you guys would probably see it anyway. So, I'd probably just reference to that video. I I'll tell you what, the backseat driving one, I try so hard not to do. I try really, really hard not to do that. And the reason, and the reason, it's not... It's not that, oh, I think I'm a better driver than, than my mom or my dad. No, 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 no. I do... I do it when I think their mind has gone, you know, slightly astray, and they're, you know, and they're starting to do something that can end up really badly, and I le and and the hard part is I have to force myself to not just say it outright. I try to I try to give them some lead, I try to give them some time to correct whatever mistake it is. I try I wait and see how long it's gonna take, and if I think it's not gonna happen, I I have to. And normally I wait. It's longer than I'd ever like to leave it. But I try to give them the benefit of the doubt. But let's just say, you know when people say, you know, someone says, oh, alarm bells were going off in my head. That's what it's like. But it's not alarm bells. It's a sensation of, um, it's more of a sensation rather than, rather than all out alarm bells. It's more like, it's more like my mind screaming. I, it's really hard to explain. But basically, all, <laughs> it's basically my mind telling me to do something, but it's coming at the forefront of, of my head. It's just all, all around, all the... Cerebral cortexes and stuff. Again, it's really, really hard to explain. I can't articulate it, but basically, my mind shouts at me if I'm not sick, if it gets too far. <laughs> oh, man, that was a funny article. Oh, probably past the limit anyway. Yep, 18 minutes. Wow. Oh, man. And I didn't even, I haven't even gotten to all the article, uh, all the recalls yet. I'll see you all after the break. Are you uninsured or underinsured? Can't afford the high premiums of health insurance? Would you like to save money on your out-of-pocket cost for dental and medical bills? If you answered yes to any of these questions, request more information at http colon slash slash www.ownyourhealthcare.com slash alternative dash healthcare dash solutions or call Dr. Taffy at 303-576-0670. Our plans are available in 42 states. Alrighty, I'm back. So, yeah, as I was saying in the last part, though, just chiller attitude, laugh it off. I, I sort of take it in the, you know, of course this, you know, of course this happened, you know, because what, what else could go wrong in a sort of 
you know, it couldn't possibly get worse, then it gets worse, and it's like, of course. <laughs> you know, of course it gets worse. Um, but that's, that's how I take it. And I, and I think, I don't know, it really works for me, but it's not like I'm ignoring the fact that it went wrong, but I'm just like, of course this went wrong. What, you know, what else? What else could happen? Oh well. That, that's just amazing. <laughs> In the comments. <laughs> Or good. And someone, someone, okay, someone made a good point. Or someone added to this list 32, and I, I'll omit some of them, but 32, making spelling mistakes while you're, text, while you're trying to text and drive. 33, spilling your beer. 34, when a horrible song comes on. 36, missing the pigeon you were trying to run over. <laughs> and then another one about spilling their tea. Oh, okay, that was it. <laughs> Oh, man. You know what? Oh, I gotta save that one. I gotta save... Because, uh... I don't know if I told you guys I'm gonna try and do this on, on YouTube as well, but it's gonna be different. Whereas, where you guys on Podbean or people who listen to the podcast, they get... You guys get all the news that... Or pretty much all the news that I see. Um, <clears throat> whereas, the YouTube one's just gonna be the highlights. Because on YouTube, I'm actually gonna read the articles, as many of them as I can. So... Because on here, I think it would be a little bit... So, here, I... Primarily, except for the recalls, I just do the... The titles of the headlines on YouTube, I'm actually going to read the articles, and that's why I only do the highlights. And so I'm not reading every single article. I'm just reading the the ones that I find to be the best that are actually going to be worth reading. So yeah, like I said, I gotta save. I gotta save that one for YouTube. Uh, anyway, let's get to this Honda one. It might not actually be a recall, but it's still. I think it's still worth it. Following dozens of complaints of of CRV owners to the NHTSA or the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Honda has reportedly admitted an engine issue with their U.S. with their U.S. based or sorry with their U.S. bestseller, claiming that it's working on a fix. Customers complained about the engine stalling, and some dealers finding out that gas was improperly leaking into the oil system, according to consumer reports. The engine issue affects the 2017 and 2018 CRVs powered by Honda's turbocharged 1.5-liter petrol engine. More than 500,000 CRVs with that engine have been sold in the U.S. in these two model years. Honda has been investigating the situation and developing a remedy, which we hope to make available through authorized Honda dealers by mid-November 2018, said company spokesperson Chris Martin. The repair will be covered by the vehicle's warranty and will also be applied to 2019 models before they go on sale. Honda didn't didn't specify how it will repair the affected cars, how many of them in the U.S. are affected, or if it would include all CRVs of those model years with this engine. A spokesperson added that the irregular high oil level can... The irregular high oil level condition is not as widespread as some internet chatter may apply, may imply. According to Honda, the issue isn't considered a safety threat, but CR thinks otherwise. There are many ways stalling can be a safety issue, so if, if these cars are stalling, they need to be recalled. Said David Friedman, Vice President for, Ad, for Advocacy and Consumer Reports and former Acting Director at the NHTSA. Even if it turns out there's no, there's no specific safety def- defect, Honda still should take care of their customers and notify them to go to a dealership for, for a free repair. The issue of fuel mixing with oil can be attributed to one of two causes, according to John German, a veteran automotive engineer. Wrongly designed fuel injectors that spray fuel directly onto the cylinder walls, or the engine not heating up enough to vaporize any gasoline left over in a cylinder. And let's get on to Toyota, which is the biggest of all the ones that I've just covered. Toyota is conducting a massive recall campaign that involves a that involves approximately 807,000 units of the Prius and Prius V models across the USA. According to the official announcement, the 2010 to 2014 Prius and 2012 to 2014 Prius V could lose power and stall under certain conditions. If this happens, power steering and braking remain operational, says Toyota, but if the vehicle stalls at high speeds, it could increase the risk of an accident. 
No, duh, Sherlock, no. <laughs> the involved vehicles were designed to enter a fail-safe driving mode in response to certain hybrid system faults, explained the automaker. Toyota has found that in rare situations, the vehicle may not enter a fail-safe driving mode as intended. The fix will be relatively easy with technicians updating the software of the affected cars. Owners will be notified once the update is available and all work will be performed free of charge. Meanwhile, Toyota is advising owners to contact their customer support at, and I'll say this twice, 1-800-331-4331. Once again, that's 1-800-331-4331 if they have further questions on the matter and to check their cars VIN on the NHTSA website and see if it is involved in this safety campaign. The Prius and Prius V were previously called recalled back in 2014 and 2015. Sorry, back in February 2014 and July 2015 in two other recall campaigns. However, Toyota says they did not anticipate this fault back then. And finally, Alfa Romeo. According to the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration or the NHTSA, a leaking coolant hose could leave that highly stressed engine overheating, causing it to stall. The problem apparently comes down to insufficient webbing on a coolant hose. Fortunately, the issue is estimated to affect only 674 vehicles in the United States, but they'll need to be brought into their local dealers to have a new hose installed. At the same time, a larger number of Stelvio crossovers and Julia sedans equipped with the smaller 2-liter engine are being recalled for another heat-related issue. This time it comes down to the engine misfiring, causing the catalytic converter to overheat and potentially start a fire. This problem affects a much larger array of vehicles, which is estimated at 37,228 examples in the U.S. alone. Anyway, back to the news. All-new Mercedes SL to bow in 2020. Go hybrid with next AMG GT parts. Future Hondas will be able to see through and around buildings, as if you could drive through them anyway. Despite the fact, despite the fact seeing through them is cool and hey, might be a handy feature for God knows what. What is that actually? What is that going to do? Oh wait, oh I see. <laughs> I see now. It's it's a stop blind spot. You know, like a blind turn on a racetrack, except like in a shopping, like when you're shopping in a King's Troopers, a Kroger's. A, a Walmart or whatever, and you're coming out of an aisle and you don't know if someone's coming because you can't see because the aisles go for so long and it's blind turn, and then both of you end up hitting your carts? I've never had the carts hit, but I've had close calls. Okay, this is going to be like that, but for cars so that you can actually see around the juicy buildings that are blocking the intersection that would cause an accident. But obviously, uh, I suppose if they, you know, if they have an intersection like that, they have stop signs on, on one end of the street. Of course, that doesn't mean everyone's going to <laughs> um, you know, obey them, but still, that, that's actually a really handy idea. I like that. I wish they'd apply that to shopping carts. Please. One really is the loneliest number. Mercedes-AMG isn't planning a Project 2, but considering they now just call this the Project or whatever, maybe it won't even be called Project 2. They'll just, I don't know. Maybe maybe we'll get another hypercar, and, it, and they're not just, they're not planning a successor to the Project 1, but they might make a hypercar that, you know, is only a successor in the sense that it's, hey, it's a new hypercar that's, you know, successor to the old one, but not name, spirit, or anything like that. Volvo bringing electric trucks to North America in 2020. Ford Australia teases upcoming supercars Mustang Racer. Oh, I might. What's that supercars Mustang doing here? I can't. I, I can only do oh, I might. I can only do that well. And maybe a few other select sentences. I really want to get better at impressions. I really should get impre I really should get better at impressions. New Porsche 718 Cayman GT4 simply sticks to the tarmac. 
during testing, and I think it's at Monza, strangely. Kia reportedly drops plans for a Sorrento diesel in America. McLaren 720S gets a new track pack aimed at customers who frequent circuits. Jaguar quietly kills the XJR575 super sedan in Europe. Renault's updated Twingo got lost en route to Paris, but apparently CarScoops found it. And we are, or we have caught up to last week's news. And this is pretty much a full episode unlike the last one. I hope you all enjoyed. I had a lot of fun making this one. I'll see you all soon. You've just listened to me probably ramble about some cars, if I'm being honest. If you've enjoyed me passionately talking about lumps of metal on wheels, then why don't you follow me on Twitter at CodyCar, C-O-N-U-N-D-R-M, or check out my website, www.codyscarconundrum.com, for articles and other car-related content. If you have any questions or would like to become a sponsor, send an email to drtaffy777 at gmail.com and put sponsor in the subject line. Make sure to follow me here or any other platform so you don't miss out on more full throttle content. Thanks for listening. I'll see you all in the next episode.